welcome to Adoption Adventures. Hope you're all keeping well and keeping warm. Um, I'm currently on my seventh layer and still feel freezing. Um, I uh, I thought I'd just update you from last week. I just thought I'd let you know Little Dude is alive. Uh, <laughs> I, I did not murder him for going out and winding me up. Um, we had a good chat about um, him going out and taking the mickey um he accepted what our concerns were he accepted why we were frustrated um he said that that was not his intention to upset us but you know he gets it um he was only punished for a couple of days um we did not go for the full week so it was all right it was all right on the night um last week i um I started my observations of other agencies' um, preparation training courses. Um, I got to sit and observe the third and fourth day of a four-day training course with a particular agency, um, which was weird because I've not yet seen days one and two, so (laughs) it was a bit strange going sort of ask myself if, if certain topics would be covered or if they had already been covered and, and things like that. Um, that being said, it was it was really nice to observe another agency. It was really nice to be able to observe how other adopters are going through their experiences. Um, a huge challenge for myself, and I'm sure that all of you who are avid listeners will understand this, I had to stay quiet for two whole days and just sort of uh, stay on on mute for the entirety of the time. And uh, yeah, I found that a real big challenge. (laughs) Um, There were so many different topics and um, areas of discussion where I had had experiences or had sort of views or opinions or something that I wanted to share and just couldn't or didn't. and yeah that was that was really really challenging really challenging um but i survived that's uh, that's the most important part um like i say the the training as a whole was actually really really good um there were some really really interesting topics and interesting discussions um going on and by and large very very similar to what i've seen um this is now the third agency's um training that i've observed like through delivering and and whatnot and um and yeah it was really interesting to see and most of them they're going to cover the same sort of topics but it's interesting how they approach them and and some of the different activities that they do um this particular agency this um this training was online um and they indicated that this was the last session that they were going to be delivering online as of next year. Everything's going to be in person. Um, that was definitely an initial observation and one that is sort of quite, yeah, I, I feel quite sort of passionately about. I think I think that we need to get this sort of training back in person. Um, I think trainees or perspective adopters get so much more out of being in a room with their fellow adopters as to what they do from a screen um i know for myself 
even even with this topic as as it was being discussed there were times when my mind would wander not because the delivery was poor not because it wasn't interesting it was very interesting delivery was great but I'm in my own home I've got different things happening and people will pass me and they happen to talk about something and I will then engage in what they're talking about so it you have natural distractions um I picked up a couple of times when people needed to take a phone call or something like that and I think to myself right in person would you do that and the answer is probably no um so I think that trainees or prospective adopters have an opportunity to hide behind that screen um and I just don't think that it's as beneficial as it can be I think as well there's you you sort of like miss out on the natural element of networking Um, by being in the room with someone you are going to start those conversations and you're you're going to start sort of meeting other people who are in similar situations to yourself and this is this is how we get better and this is how we get stronger as as adopters in general so I think that that was that was probably my biggest takeaway from the two days is is sort of that that opinion that this sort of training needs to be in person um now interestingly when I mentioned this um to dad um we sort of we were having a, a conversation about this and um he said that he can't stand training in person it really irritates him he thinks that training um now that we've got these facilities to do things online he'd much prefer to do a training session online i pushed back and challenged and said well do do you think that's the same for this type of training do you think for sort of like um i can't think it's nct groups um parenting groups things like that so do you think that that's the same and he did he did say that perhaps actually this sort of thing is better face to face um and and he said more formal training works online and I, I tend to agree i think that that can work i think i think there's no reason why that can't work i just think that for something like this you're looking to build a network you're looking to actually get a feel for the room and, and build a relationship with the room and understand where everyone's thinking is at and i think if if someone is naturally like asked to go on mute and they're having a thought or a question they can quite easily ask the person sat next to them and they can raise their concerns they can comment on what's being said the problem is as as a trainer you don't get to hear those thoughts and feelings so you can't pitch your training at the level that the room needs um so yeah that's a that's a big takeaway from um from the sort of experience um the other sort of um things that i really liked here is they shared um quite a few um youtube clips um that other agencies had put together in in particular pack uk pac uk um, and i'm told that they've got a youtube channel um and quite a few really really handy videos to look at um they shared three i believe um and one was one was a group of birth parents um, both mums in particular um talking about their experiences um and sort of 
highlighting some of the experiences and some of the needs that they have as well. Um, I thought that was a really powerful video um, and, and helped to sort of humanise birth families and, and help us to understand what it is that we can do to continue to promote that sort of conversation around contact. Um, the other two were from Voices of Adoptees um, and they had just a, a couple of different topics that they were talking about. Really, really interesting, um, really good videos and I certainly suggest sort of going and having a look at those and, and exploring them because um, they were really, really powerful um, and, and very interesting. There was a um, there was a really good um, activity that was set out um, for for the adopters. They were tasked with they were given a child's report, um, and they were tasked with writing the first letterbox contact letter to the birth families. Um, and they would work in groups and they would put a letter together and then they would present those letters back to the group. I thought this was a really, really powerful and really good exercise. Um, I think I've mentioned before the first time that I wrote to Little Dude's mum, I felt very nervous. I felt very unsure, very unaware of what I should and shouldn't say and how I should word it. And, and it, it gave me quite a lot of anxiety about doing it right. And I think as a result, I put the task off for a little while. I didn't throw myself into doing it. Um, and this activity pushes you to do it, but when emotions don't matter. Um, and I thought that was really good, actually. Um, I thought it was, it was really good to sort of give that opportunity to to adopters to have that experience but without any emotion attached to it so when they do come to writing those first letters they get to feel a lot more confident doing it the social worker then asked some really great questions about how would we sign it off what about photos what are we doing here why did we do that really really good um conversation really really nice to to sort of see um you could see over the course of the two days as well that the adopters were going through a bit of a journey um, and they'd been on a journey of an, an arc of development, which was um, really, really interesting to watch um, and really nice to observe. Um, there was, there was a couple of points that came up that uh, I'm going to say gave me cause for concern. But what I mean by that is there was just language being used that I think we're trying to move away from, but we're still using. Um, and it was used by adopters and the social worker as well. Um, but there was, there was conversations about um, parents giving up their children um and the thought of a child being given up for adoption i i don't believe even when it comes to a relinquished child um i don't believe that the right language to be using there is a child being given up um because i think a days that's got so many negative connotations and and quite damaging connotations but b i think 
think it doesn't actually tell the real story. I don't think that our parents are sort of making the decision to give up their children. Even in the situations where they are relinquished, I think that they are making the decision that they can no longer look after this child. They can no longer care for them. And I think that it's a very, very different sort of, um, sort of feeling there. Um, there was... Um, also language used when we was doing this um, sort of topic around contact. There's a lot of a lot of talk around modernising adoption, but then we did an activity on writing a letter. And then when it came to including photos, a lot of the adopters at that point didn't feel like they were at that stage yet. They didn't feel like they were re- there and ready to do that. No judgment here. If if you're not ready, that's absolutely fine. Zero judgment. What I think the concern was there was the sort of like the conversation then developed and went around that, but never actually sort of pushed forward. And I think I think potentially the um, sort of the response could have been a little bit more. I'm going to use the word assertive, but I don't mean it in in that dictatorial sort of version of that but perhaps a bit more contact is changing and we need to change with it and whilst you might not be comfortable with photos you need to understand that there's every possibility in fact most likely that you will be sharing photos and let me tell you why Um, we are now moving into a place where we are going to be assessing and analyzing whether direct contact should be had and should be assessed from the start you need to understand if you're uncomfortable with photos it could get even more uncomfortable and what i want to do is i want to talk about that and i want to talk about why this makes you uncomfortable um i'm hoping that it doesn't come across that i'm digging out the social worker or indeed the adopters in the room definitely not um i think the social worker like i say delivered a great training session was very engaging and and covered a lot of great rounds i just found from my perspective 10 years in I think that the language hadn't, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a discussion and yeah, interested to see where it goes. And I think, I think again, we need to be more modern with our language used in training in order to modernize adoption. Um, There's no point talking about a senior leadership level and then not delivering it in a training session and delivering it as if it's happening um you know i i think this is where we start to change it i think contact agreements and sort of adoptions are already in place i think you're going to find it very very difficult to alter those and change those you'll find adopters that are open to it but it's it's not going to be you know fierce um it's not going to be an easy task there whereas if you change it here and now with the adopters that are coming through the process, I think you will start to change adoption. Um, you know, I've spoken to a social worker in the past who said, you know, what would this scare adopters off? My viewpoint is at present, the last time I had the data, we had 1,400 approved adopters and 300 children waiting for placements. We've got enough adopters that we can start to be a little bit more picky and we can be a little bit more brutal with what we are expecting of our adopters. And if we do happen to scare some adopters off, 
I understand how difficult that must be for them, but clearly it's not the right path. If you're not open to these things, then adoption is not right. And that's, again, I know I sound a little bit harsh and brutal there, but adoption is a children-led service. And I think we need to, I think that's the bit that we need to be focused on. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's how that sort of come about in the conversation there, uh, which would be interesting. Um, throughout the, the rest of the, the train, there was some, some other really, really good discussions, um, going on, um, there was a, there was again, there was, um, and I, I've been a part of these conversations as well, um, been in training and they start talking about life story work and life story books and the importance of them. And I've, I've delivered training. And when it comes to the point where we talk about life story books, the, the, the line always is it, you need these life story books in place. If you don't have them by the time that your adoption order goes through, you have to push for it and you have to really, really make a point of sort of banging the drum and demanding it. And I, I've, I've been the one delivering that line and I attended this training and they delivered the same line. And that really gave me pause for thought um, because I've been saying that line for at least five years and these guys were saying it as well and that gave me pause for thought because why on earth are we still having these same conversations why are we still banging the drum and demanding something that everyone agrees needs to be in place i'm happy to listen to the conversation of staff being overworked underpaid and underpaid and under-resourced i'm i'm happy to have that conversation but ultimately, the conversation of it being a children-led service needs to go both ways. Um, if someone is not there prioritising that work, then, but is still saying how important this work is, there's a breakdown there, and there's a significant problem, and and I think that that needs to be addressed. So that's the conversation that I'm going to be having with senior leaders um, to discuss that because that for me that's that's quite a quite a concern that we're still talking about that and but when i've i've attended many senior leadership team meetings and i've never heard that come up as a topic that needs to be addressed um and i think that we've almost just as a community we've just accepted that that's something that we're going to get a lesser service for and i don't accept that so <laughs> so this is me on my soapbox. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, again, some really interesting conversations had about contact, and I, I won't go into more of that because you know we've done that. That's fine. Um, one adopter did talk about um, whether contact could be confusing for children. Is it difficult for children to sort of? compartmentalize and, and understand and does it do anything negative towards their mental health and they asked about the psychological impact of staying in contact um, and they 
asked if there was particular research out there supporting or going against contact. Now, I'm fully aware that I've been a part of a number of conversations and I've seen a lot of research come back about sort of like the positive impact of that, um, of having good contact. The problem was I couldn't cite it. I couldn't recall who had done these studies um, and their official sort of standpoint. So that's something that's a bit of homework for me. I'm useless at research. Um, but it's a bit of homework for me. And if it's something that you've come across and there's some sort of articles that you've read that you'd like to sort of send to me, please, please do, because I'd, I'd love to sort of share that wider. Um, so, yeah, then. Um, then we had other activities and those activities, again, very, really, really good. We had sort of stuff on schools education brain development really really nice to to sort of see um something that i thought was great was we talked about the adoption support fund and the social worker promoted how it was really really good it was really sort of positive to have and you know it allowed us access to therapy but they then followed up with but understand the best solution and the first solution should be therapeutic parenting let us help you to be a better therapeutic parent. So I really like that because it was a discussion around, hey, you have got the ASF, but let's not just focus on it. Let's not assume that our children need to go into therapy. Let's see if we can therapeutically parent them first. It accepts that some of our children will need therapy. And that's fine. That's If that's needed, then that's needed. But let's not assume that all of them need therapy and let's give ourselves the tools to get to be better and stronger i thought that was really really good um and i i really like that another phrase that was used was um about this sort of like adoption support um and this particular agency said we need to let you know that you are now lifelong members to our adoption support community and I thought that was really lovely because a lot of the language and a lot of the sort of like information out there is about how the support is in place for children until they reach 18 or 21 if they have learning disabilities. Um, and there is that anxiety of well, what happens after that point? Are we forgotten? Are we not part of it anymore? So hearing you are lifelong members, I found that really warming. I found that to be very much a case of you are part of our community and we will look after you and you are one of us now. I thought that was lovely. Um, really, really great um, sort of great message to send out. Um, there was another um, interesting stuff when I was talking about the, the brain. They talked about the chimp model or the chimp paradox. Again, clips on YouTube. It was another tool to just talk about um, the brain and how sort of our brains react to different things. We had a good conversation the other day on the brain development. Um, it was a, another really powerful video that would help help some people to be able to understand what was going on in the brain. So if that's something that's of interest, definitely, um, definitely look it up. Very, very positive. Um, all in all, I was really impressed. Um, I thought I thought it was a really good training session. I thought it held a lot of 
a lot of positives, a lot of wins. Um, I know that I've got on my soapbox a couple of times in today's episode. The reason for that is in in this sort of capacity of, of observing this, it's allowed me to actually sit back and observe some of the things that are an issue and see it from a, a strategic perspective as well. Um, and these are things that need to be adapted and changed um, and, and seriously considered. So I have got on my soapbox, but I've got on my soapbox because, well, we've got to. Um, and this will be sort of forming part of my report on uh, on what we do to move forward. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, all in all, it was really positive. Um, some different approaches, different um, activities that I really, really liked. And uh, hopefully others that can be replicated across our region and maybe others as well. Let's, uh, let's see. Um, so yeah, that is it from me today. I just wanted to update you on that. Um, I will say as well, I've, uh, I've had notification that the Adoption UK Adoption Barometer Survey has been released. Um, this is a really sort of positive survey that we we as adopters or I believe adoptees are able to submit their answers to and it, it sort of is collated and it is fed back at a government level um, to talk about sort of where we're at and where the adoption community is at. One thing that I particularly noticed um, was the wording of some of the questions I found to be a little bit ambiguous. Um, I found some of it to be sort of leading you down a path to talk about the negatives but I don't know if that's just how I read it um, I don't, but I I was kind of reading it feeling like there was almost like an expectation that people were going through really difficult times if they were responding to this survey um, so I, I found myself having to go quite far the other way to sort of like challenge that which was was interesting um, but if you'd like the link for that, please get in touch. I'll um, I'll make sure I put it on our socials as well. Um, but yeah, always good to to add your voice to that. Um, thank you as always for tuning in, um, and I will look forward to speaking to you next week.